Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for an RFR conversation live here in Murph's Fan Cave. And so thankful to welcome today a fellow content creator, the guy that is the host of the Raider Cody podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Raider Cody. You can find him at RaiderCody.com. You can find him at RaidersBeat.com. And you can find him on YouTube.com slash Raider Cody, host of the wildly popular Raider Cody podcast. What's up, Cody? Murph, what's going on, man? Feels good to jump on some airwaves. You got some miles on these airwaves. I'm excited. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you guys have talked about over the years. Covered a lot of ground. Um, you have so many shows going on. I'm absolutely honored. Uh, to be traveling these things right now. Right on, man. Well, appreciate you being here and joining us here, man. And, you know, you and I have gotten a chance to get to know each other off the air. Of course, I was a guest on your show not long ago, but uh, you and I have, have gotten to be good friends uh, away from podcasting. And and first and foremost, appreciate your friendship. And I'm so glad that considering all the, the silliness that can happen on social media, the fact that, uh, you know what I mean, we can get together and talk it out and, and share in content, man, as a result is pretty cool. Yeah, and right now, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a dead time in the football world so it's good to be able to you know kind of i guess get our mind off of everything that's going on right now talk about some good raiders football um and create content for those raider fans because right now we're normally starving for every ounce every clip every little thing of our new rookies out there i mean it doesn't matter it could be a a rookie defensive end going through drills and we want to see every two three second clip of these guys going and we don't get that so right now 
uh, these listeners, we're pretty much all they got right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll apologize in advance for that then. You're stuck with us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I know uh, earlier today I was just dabbling around on social media and I came across, uh, I think it might've been an Instagram video of shots of Max Crosby working out on the beach in the sand, yeah. like cutting through, like doing like three cone, four cone drills and stuff. And I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. Like, I never, you know what I mean? Like, it's that time of year, man. We get excited about guys working out in their shorts on the beach. Yeah, I've watched it like 10 times. I get excited every time, too. <laughs> <laughs> I actually dug that video because I liked watching him get excited about, like, because he had guys, like, kind of shadowing him, like, defending him, and he's yeah. cutting these guys and, like, you know, breaking ankles on the beach, man, and he's and he's giving them heck for it, like, as he's doing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the, the crap talking that's already going on, man. I, I dig it. Yeah, and he looks agile. Uh, just based off those clips, you know, he, I mean, he's gone. We, we talked about it a little bit uh, just through his progress last year during the football season, all the weight that he put on. And um, I'm sure you've even, you know, kind of picked up on it. He's a late bloomer whenever it comes to his body style, um, putting on weight, putting on the pounds. Um, last year, he kind of just relied on his, his football knowledge. I mean, what he can do to get to the passer uh, had to be as creative as possible because he had a physical disadvantage his rookie year. So, um, man, all this training, all the, you know, the weight that he's going to put on, he's finally going to be, in my opinion, an NFL defensive end this year. And, man, sky's the limit. Yeah, defensive I mean, rookie, or, or should I say defensive player of the year now? Oh, that'd be sweet, dude. He, he reminds me of, like, Jared Allen, right? Like, just that, that kind of, yeah. like, that body type and everything. Like, and you could tell he's putting on the size, man, and he's growing out his beard and everything. Like, I'm yeah. like, right on. This dude's going to be a beast, man. I love it. Uh, but hey, uh, let's before we get into Raider stuff, let's talk about you, man. So you've been doing this for a hot minute now. You've been in this podcast game. Now you're doing the YouTube thing. Uh, and, and man, you're, you're killing it, Cody. And uh, you just now you've got a brand new studio built. Tell us about that. Oh, man, this was uh, something that I've, I've kind of had in the back of my head for four to five months. Uh, you know, starting this thing off, you know, I even kind of mentioned it to you at the beginning of the show. Uh, I first started podcasting on my lunch breaks in my truck in the Burger King parking lot. I just pulled up my laptop, <laughs> had this little toner, uh, $15 Amazon mic, um, and just started going after it. And then, you know, cause I didn't really know where this whole thing was going to go. I just thought I'd, you know, lay down some podcasts if people listen, cool. If not, whatever. And as it kind of grew, um, I, I moved, I took a corner of my garage, cleared it out, um, built like a table in there, kind of sealed it off to where I wasn't like sounding like I was in a tunnel. Um, went in there and um, kind of just made that my little spot. And it was fun. And then, uh, you know, I'd go at night because I live in Central Valley, California, and it was hot as heck at times. Like, I mean, it it gets up to just last week, we're up to like 109, 110, oh, and it's gosh. just blazing hot. You don't want to be in that garage when it's 109 <laughs> degrees, right? It is just blazing hot. So finally, um, I put a little window unit in there during the draft this year to kind of get me by. Um, and I just told myself, I'm like, hey, you know, of course, we just kind of had, you know, that that pandemic kind of spike. Of course, football's kind of put on pause. I feel like I got a window here of a couple months maybe to just tear down my entire garage. I just stripped it down, took everything out, built a big metal shop. And this is, you know, something I had plans for in the get-go, just moving into my house. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate a spot, 10 by 10. I'm going to build a studio. And as soon as they had this metal shop up, Murph, they came on a Saturday and they build these things in a day. They had it done at three. I had four walls framed by myself before it was dark. So I just like was going after the oh, I love it. I got this window. We're going for it. Um, got it done. Got the foam up. Got the lights. I'm finally, hopefully this weekend. Uh, well, what's today? Today's Friday. So tomorrow, uh, I'll be going live um, 
on my YouTube channel for the first time with the studio in the background. And I'm excited. It just feels good to, you know, come from um, hanging out in the Burger King parking lot, trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to run off the landscapers because they're going by with, with leaf blowers and weed eaters. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, can't you see I'm trying to do a freaking podcast here? Uh, but yeah, it feels good to finally kind of have some, you know, some comfort. Uh, kind of like you, like yourself. It's kind of, it feels good to have that that spot going there and you, you, you vibe out, right? I'm sitting here staring at a gigantic stitched Raider Nation flag. Um, I got a light up Raider sign next to me and you just, you just feel so like plugged in and ready and just want to talk football. It's just exciting. Absolutely, man. That's, you know, when uh, I started podcasting with my cousin, Sonny, and we started off kind of same thing. I was doing, we were doing it with our phones or on blog talk radio. And then when I moved into this place seven years ago, um, you know, I just had all my Raider stuff hanging up around and I'm like, so I just started podcasting from my desk and then it just eventually built a studio up and around it. And, uh, but I, I'm totally with you, man. It feels good to be in that. Cause then when you like, when you go into your space, when you go into your studio, it's go time, man, it's time to talk about the yeah. Raiders and you're just fired up. Cause that's like the atmosphere that you've built up in there and, and you, it looks great and you, and you sound great. So, uh, so much props to you, man, on, on a job well done for that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man, a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of things to try and, you know, block out the noise, got the AC unit uh, put in, you know, everything. I mean, everything. It's better than I pictured, so I'm extremely happy, and and it's good. I mean, it's opened up uh, to me, I think, a lot more opportunity to uh, put out content in a less stressful manner, so I'm excited. Right, right, right on, man. Well, hey, um, you know, I wanted to ask you about how you you got your start. Now, you just kind of touched on it. You started off podcasting in the burger king parking lot but what was the what was the genesis behind that before you flip on the mic for the first time what uh what uh led you to want to create content for raider nation well i was an obnoxious uh raider fan on twitter like you know most of us i think it's kind of a common theme for most of us (laughs) and i just ranted and ranted and ranted and ranted and of course they give you character limits and finally someone just I'd like maybe two or three people in a week. They say, Hey, you should start a podcast. I'm like, I've never even listened to a podcast. I didn't even know what it was. I downloaded, I found the podcast app on my phone. Um, like listen to a couple. One of the first ones was the pillaging podcast. Um, I couldn't tell. I, I came across your years was always like a, one of those, you know, cornerstone podcasts, Raider nation podcast, uh, with Greg, um, things like that. You know, I came across a few of those, listen to a couple. I'm like, sure, let's try it. I can't, you know, have that production, but you know, we'll talk about it. Um, and it just, I just took it day by day and little did I know, I mean, I, I do a lot of things. I shouldn't say I have a lot of hobbies, but, um, I like to do a few different things. I've, you know, I've built a motorcycle. Um, I do a lot of different things around the house. Um, I work on vehicles with my dad, do different hobbies and projects and ride quads, bicycles, all this stuff. Little did I know that I'd take this little podcasting project and get just as or more than ever obsessed with it. And every episode found myself looking to improve this. Like I'd go to listen to my episode. Okay. I, I could do better on this or I could do better on that. Let's do that. Or man, I'd love to talk to so-and-so. Um, and, and, you know, I guess I got, I've kind of my niche, uh, I guess I should say Scott winter always tells me my niche is being the positive guy, being the fan, being the positive guy. And although I agree with them, I'd say my podcast niche too, is also trying to, um, find good fans um, and you know big media heads out there maybe or even players to come on my show and talk to and it's just kind of been like this climbing the ladder and finding like who's like the best person I can talk to and just trying to grow a reputation and just be a guy that whenever you flip on your headphones and you listen to me talk hopefully I can inspire you to be um, you know a more passionate fan like no matter what your views are 
Um, I just want to grow Raider Nation's passion for their football team. And I feel like I've done that. So I think that's kind of where um, this podcast has been built and why I started it uh, was to just hopefully leave uh, an impact on our fan base in a passionate way. That's awesome, man. You know, we've we've said for a, a minute now, you know, the the whole idea of like what a true fan is or a real fan is like that kind of stuff gets thrown out there. And like to us, there is no such thing. The only thing yeah. that defines your fandom is the passion in which you approach it. And so I, I, I applaud you for that statement because that's the truth. It doesn't matter how long you've been a fan for, what you do with your fandom, like how passionate are you about this football team? And uh, that, that's all I need to know. And, and, and if you're yeah. passionate about the Raiders, then then you're, you know what I mean? You're a real fan or a true fan or whatever in, in my book. So I, I can appreciate that. So speaking of fandom, so where did your fandom come from? Where is, is it a family thing? Like where does your Raider fandom start? Totally from my dad. All, all credit uh, to Mr. Bill. Uh, a lot of people that have been to the tailgates have probably met my dad because uh, I, I built a barbecue, a tailgate barbecue, and my dad comes. I get all these tri-tips, and I tell him. I, I take him to his house, and I say, marinate him, do your thing. He has his own recipe. And it's, it's a simple like recipe what he throws to these things. Takes him out there, and he throws together the tri-tips. So everybody that knows my dad knows the tri-tips, um, and he's been uh, – an LA, he was an LA Raider fan originally, right? right. Uh, all LA teams, uh, LA Dodgers, LA Lakers, and I, and of course the LA Raiders at the time followed him to Oakland, no problem. Um, I've kind of just carried on that same thing. So it, it's all come from him. I mean, even at his house, uh, he's got a Raider room. He, it kind of like you, it's a, it's a spare bedroom, extra bedroom. Um, he just kind of Raidered the thing out. And anytime there's an event, uh, if there's something going on around us or anything, I mean, he's always willing to go. Like if I was to tell him right now, like, hey, home opener. Let's go. He's going to say, okay, let's go. Or, hey, let's go to the Bucks game uh, this year. Okay, let's go to the Bucks game. Like, he's just all for it. Um, but, like, he's like your casual fan, right? He, he'll he listen to this. And whenever we start getting into players and conversations and things like that, um, everything he hears, he's going to be learning because he doesn't dig into that himself. Um, he's a casual fan that goes to the game. He knows his main players. He knows Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Derek Carr. He knows, you know, the jerseys that are going to be selling at, at Raider Image. Um, and then everything from there out, man, he's just cheering for everybody in the silver and black. And that's kind of where I've always tried to root myself, even though me and you might be able to list off every single player on the roster, maybe the colleges they went to, their their height, their weight, all this different stuff. Um, I've always tried to just remind myself to be like my dad and, and just enjoy all the players in the silver and black for what they bring to the table. Right on, man. Well, we won't have any Rico Gafford quizzes for your dad pending or anything. So we'll, uh, <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. awesome, man. You know, it's such a family thing, and that's one of the beautiful things about Raider Nation, man, is that it's uh, it really is a family. And I know that there's a lot of sports fandom legacies that get passed on generation to generation, yeah. but uh, it, there's a constant theme, whether it's a dad or an uncle or a mom or what, like it, these things get passed down gener- generationally uh, through Raider Nation. It's 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 pretty awesome. Um, so, so Cody, so you've, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you've had, you know, a ton of success to your podcast. You've done an, an awesome job, not only, you know, assembling a quality show, but you've got, as you mentioned, a lot of great guests. So out of all those interviews that you've done from media people to players and all that stuff, who's been your favorite? Which one that stands out to you? Oh man, I've had, that's a good question. And, and for one, it, uh, um, before I even answer the question, I appreciate all your kind words because it's crazy to sit here and feel like I've built something 
um, you know, kind of semi-successful that's like getting recognized. It, it's it, um, it's amazing because there's a lot of work, you know, there's a lot of work that gets put into this thing off the record, like what you don't see on the airwaves. Like you've, you know, kind of vocally a little bit finally with Will Compton, uh, some of the listeners like know what it takes to get these guys on. You pick and pry and you got to you got to do what you can, uh, you know, for the little guy uh, to get a plate to eat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want something good out there uh, for the listeners. Um, I'd say my favorite conversations so far, um, and I don't want Raider Nation uh, to kick me for this, but I, some of the content creators that I've had, one in particular, actually, last year we had a matchup with the Vikings. And on my network, Blue Wire, I spoke with, um, it's the, I think it's the, it's the Bleeding Purple podcast. His name's Adam Patrick. I spoke with him, and he, and he was a great guy because he just, he loves his Minnesota Vikings. And for me, I kind of feel bad because, you know, we beat the brakes off him in that Super Bowl. So it's one of those things. <laughs> you know, it, it was a nice conversation with a nice, passionate content creator that wasn't with the Raiders. Um, I also really enjoyed my conversation with you because that was another guy where I could wow. sit down Thanks, and we can just go, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think I really had a template for our conversation. I had, you know, those few questions I want to get through and I want to ask you, but we could just ramble, ramble, ramble about the Raiders. And um, I'd say... If you're trying to ask anybody that's, you know, I guess you call them high profile guests. I had my most recent conversation with both the car brothers, Darren and David. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that, um, I don't know that, that, you know, they gave me like the most like nuggets or whatever. Uh, they both like went out of their way because we, we know talking to guests, if you, if you call them on a cell phone, there's like a lag for me. There's, there's a, there's a slight gap between what they're hearing and what I'm hearing from them. So there's always going to be that little one second gap and it's hard to continue like a good, solid, fluent conversation with them. They went out of their way, both David and Darren, they downloaded Skype on their Xboxes and set up their headsets, created accounts, um, just to be able to have a good sounding podcast wow. uh, my show. So I was pretty like honored for them to like be able to go through, like they're asking their kids like how to set it up, of course, and uh, get everything set up and, and, and on the show and talking. And that was that was great because it was able to sit down. It was comfortable. They're sitting on the couches with their headset on um, and just talking football. And it just felt like a very casual, comfortable conversation with two very knowledgeable guys. So I like that a lot. That's very cool, man. I you know, that's that's awesome that, you know, because a lot of times as, as just fan creators like we are, you know what I mean? Like the whoever these, like you said, high profile, you know, guests, you know, they could take us for in a lot of different ways. So to, to know yeah. that those guys took it serious enough to go out of their way to make sure that they were providing, you know, good sounding content for you and your yeah. show. Like that's a lot of respect right there, man. That's legit. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. I mean, I've, I, I couldn't tell you, I've maybe, man, I can't even tell you I've ever, ever had one regret or any, um, like, man, oh, maybe I shouldn't have talked to him that long. Every guest I've had, every minute um, of audio I've recorded with all my guests has been enjoyable. It's it's been it's been a ride. Like I said, it's kind of like you're kind of climbing a ladder whenever you're building a podcast and you're and you're and you're talking to these guests. You know, I'm talking to a podcast for RaidersBeat.com, and he says, you know, you kind of it's like a business at that point. You're building your clientele. Like that's kind of what you're trying to do. And you're trying to get uh, good, reputable people on there um, to represent you. Um, and I always like it kind of builds responsibility for me because if I have them on my show from there on out, I feel like I represent them. If I had um, Derek or Amy Trask or I've had Ian Rappaport, I've had those guys on my show. Um, I feel like from there on out, um, I'm going to keep building my brand uh, to represent them and, you know, something that they contributed to. Absolutely. That's Im it's important, man, because, you know, those folks are putting their reputations out there as well by trusting you to go and join you on something like that. So you're right. <laughs> right like, <man. laughs> you know what? 
<laughs> just some Raider fan, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's I like, well, I guess I'll join the show. I don't know where this is going to go. But. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's a lot. You know what I mean? That those folks yeah. are willing to take that risk, man. And it's, you know, because they got a lot like this is their living. And, I, you know, you do this as a hobby. You know, this isn't your, your yeah. sole source of income. You're, you know, you're a successful businessman on, in the real world. And so, you know, for you to do this as a hobby and for those folks that do do this for a living to put their, you know, livelihood uh, and add vulnerability to it for a fan created show. Like, that's a lot, man. Like, like yeah. that's definitely a lot. So, and, and so again, many props to you for the amount of quality guests you've gotten. Cause you've, and you know, and look, and I, and, 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 you know, this is a little inside baseball for the listening audience, but it's not easy. Like it's not easy to schedule guests and especially come, when you don't have, you know, an NFL credential or a whatever else to back you up or a, you know, a huge media entity behind you or whatever, when it's just you, you know, it's a lot to go out there and get that kind of attention. And, uh, and having traveled that road myself, uh, you know, not as frequently nearly as you have and, and not to the same success either. I understand that difficulty behind it. And I hope the listening audience does too, and has an appreciation for the work that you're putting in because it's not easy. It's not easy to go out and get Ian Rappaport or Amy Trask or even Will freaking Compton. You know what I mean? Like it's not easy to get yeah. these folks on your show. And so, and you've done very, very well at that. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can kind of, I could probably simply add up maybe 30 minutes to an hour um, of effort put into every guest that I get. Um, that's not counting preparation just for a 15 to 20 minute conversation. So uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it to make sure that 15 to 20 minutes, everything is. Whew, yeah, ready. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. So, uh, let's, let, yeah, let's jump into 2020 season, man. And I'm like you, I I've got a handful of things that I have just prompts, but I don't have a list of questions. Uh, cause you and I can just chop it up about the team, but what are your, what are your expectations? Realistic fan wise, what your heart tell you, what your head tell you? Like, what do you think we are we're looking at here for this initial season in or inaugural season in Vegas? It's hard. It, when you say expectations, it's hard for me to dial in like how I should feel because I guess my expectations now are just like, I feel like we've not waited long enough, but after 2016 and we had that small breakdown and rebuild, well, I shouldn't say a really small breakdown because we only have like three guys left from that team or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a pretty big rebuild. Um, but with all this building up steam now, third year of John Gruden, this is kind of where originally, right? I mean, we got excited last year and it, it might've been a little premature. Um, we got, we got excited last year. But when, originally, whenever John Gruden signed, we told ourselves, right, 10 years with John, um, he's going to kind of break this thing down, get the players in that he wants. Um, we kind of expected third year, fourth year is where we should be contenders, where we should be happy. We shouldn't sign a coach. We shouldn't have to sign a coach for 10 years to take over a team and wait till year six or seven uh, to start winning. Like, it's just, it's just too much. So at, at year three, uh, with Derek Carr at the point where – he should be, whether you're happy with him or not right now, he pretty much should be in his prime. Like, this is where if we're going to get something out of Derek Carr, we're going to get it out of him this year. Um, we're adding weapons. We have a new stadium. Like, I mean, there's so much hype. Like, I don't even think the players are going to understand what that's going to do to them on even game day. Nothing, you know, nothing against Oakland at all. Nothing against Oakland at all because we love that Coliseum. And, of course, they loved all the vibes because that's going to be unmatched. But whenever you go to Vegas and there's that brand new, fresh, shiny stadium, it's going to kind of feel like, look, hey, we're we're in the freaking and this is the NFL. Like we're we're in professional football now. Um, you know, you kind of get that 
like Jerry's world feel to it. Yeah. It's just going to be a, a very high production uh, or high produced NFL game day experience. Um, nothing that, I mean, just like the Al Davis torch. I saw that sucker lit up yesterday from a, a close view and it's just like, whoa. I'm going to see that thing in person and I'm not going to know what to do with myself whenever we get there. I feel like it's going to be the same thing with the fans. You get this great stadium around you on, on a nice field, no dirt, right? You're going to have this nice field under your feet. Um, and I mean, just a kind of a city that's ready to hopefully take over the NFL as a whole. And I think we can, gosh, 10 plus wins, 10 wins. That's my, that's my expectations. Getting the playoffs. My expectation is probably to win a football, win a playoff game. I think that's, from there on out, depending on how good we are, I'll be able to tell you midseason, like, you know, we can adjust our expectations. But right now, my expectation is just win a playoff game. And if we're better than that, awesome. But maybe we could be that team that's like, hopefully we can win this playoff game, you know, or hopefully we can get in the playoffs. I mean, hopefully that's not the case because that's us last year. We want to step forward. I want to win a playoff game. That's my expectation. Absolutely. Does, does the Raiders winning a playoff game with Derek Carr at the helm relieve all of the pressure that's on him right not not relieve the pressure because there's always gonna be pressure but the, oh, yeah. the fandom outcry the division in fandom at times the criticism the, or at least the overt criticism does that evaporate if the Raiders win a playoff game I think it depends on how we win right you have to be able to evaluate like how he's doing like if, if we're out there winning playoff games like the Titans you know you don't take like just because they won it's okay but if they have a bad season um I mean, Tannehill's by no means off the hook because of his his you know his playoff game there, right? Because Derrick Henry and the rest of the offense and the defense kind of carried the team. So if, if they won a playoff game, um, and Derrick was just you know not really playing up to par like we expect him to, then that's one thing. But I mean, if he goes out there with the weapons that he has, and we can see that we're dominant, like not I shouldn't say dominant, but very competitive. Even if we were to lose a game, if we're com- like lose competitively. That was our issue last year. Like, yeah, okay, the record wasn't that bad, but the point differential was ugly. Yeah. So our losses were ugly. Like, the there was probably four games where we did not look competitive the at Jets, all. The like, Jets, like, that was the worst yes. one. That was the first one that was like, whoa, what the hell? Like, I thought we were good again. <laughs> you know, we won That's three in like, a row, yeah. and then all of a sudden we go into freaking New York and get molly whooped. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's one thing, like, they talk about 2016, like, okay, a lot of those games could have gone different directions, but pretty much every game that season was close. So that's okay if you just win the close games. You don't have to blow teams out. It doesn't always work like that. Um, our, really, I mean, the way our team's designed, we're not quite like the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't take the top off the defense when we're up by uh, 10 points or 14 points. You know what I mean? We, we go conservative. We push the ball. We control the tempo. Um, and, and we just play some good old-fashioned football to you know hopefully just control the pace of the game and not let it get out of hand. Um, so hopefully... Things go to plan, man. It, it, Murph, it, it almost it makes me nervous, but I'm excited at the same in the same breath because I think we finally have the tools to go out there and be that competitive team that that doesn't lose that edge. And man, it's just so weird, like our third quarters. Like, you know what I mean? Like if we can like just make adjustments coming out of half, we we were probably the worst team in football after the half last year. If if after halftime coming out, we played bad those first like three or four drives on each side of the ball really um so if if we can change that and we can find a way to punch that ball into the end zone and score um kicking didn't help us right you know we're looking at points per game um putting everything on the offense but in the same breath um you know we had a kicker 
in the second half of the season that really struggled that second half of the season. Like he was kicking, I think maybe like 60% or something, something absurd that wasn't going to help us at all. And nothing like past like 40 or something, right? Like he couldn't hit anything. I forget what the yardage marker was, but there was a certain distance where anything past that and he was over. Yeah. And that's not going to help our scoring whatsoever. And that's not going to help our, I think that even goes down really as kind of red zone scoring as well. It just, it just all depends. Um, Depends on what we can do. And hopefully these added weapons like that, you know, Brian Edwards coming in, um, Darren Waller to get a little bit more comfortable. And you see even guys like Alec Ingold can be a little X factor. You see Lynn Bowden Jr. It, it, we have guys that are going to come in and be able to find the end zone, I feel like, because, you know, we had the tools to move the ball and we proved it. We were top five um, in yards per drive. We were top five in drive success rate. But we were bottom five in opportunities, and of course, you know, I mean, pretty much almost bottom or nineteenth or whatever in scoring. So we have the tools to do it. Now it's just putting the points on the board and actually winning the football game. So I think that takes the hook off of Derek Carr if we can if we can do all those things because he he had all the pieces last year to do it. He was highly efficient. He had all the things going for him. Now it's just just win. <laughs> just learn right that's what it comes right. down to well you know there's a um there's a case to be made for like when you look at Derek in 2016 and and and, and in terms of the injury and the mental uh you, you know healing that needed to occur after a major injury or a couple of them because everybody forgets about his pinky when he broke his back right like he had you, uh, you know what I mean and then it and then his and, and then the, uh, the ankle and like the thing started to stack up on him a little bit and it takes a minute to come back from that but also like you know, Derek Carr was in the MVP conversation in 2016 for a majority of it. And that's what it was taking for the Raiders to win. Because if, and I know everyone, we look back on that year fondly, but our defense wasn't great. It wasn't like we were going to go into the playoffs and freaking roll through it, even with Derek Carr, because our defense was questionable. Now I feel like we're getting to a point where it doesn't all squarely fall on Derek's shoulders. It never fell squarely on Jim Plunkett's shoulders or Kenny Stabler's shoulders either, and we still won Super Bowls. We won it with defense. We won it with a running game. I mean, when you have Marcus Allen and that defense, it's not hard to be Jim Plunkett. And so I'm hoping that with Josh Jacobs and now a completely revamped defense, uh, what all in like the the optics are, defense is going to be badass. Defense is going to be much improved uh, off of what it was. And I mean, we've got some dogs coming in on, on defense, man. And I'm I'm so fired up for that. And, you know, when you think about like creating turnovers and scoring points and like, like all that stuff helps your offense. So if you have all of that and we know he's going to be protected, we know he's going to have a running game. Now he's got plenty of targets. Like it doesn't fall squarely on him. He doesn't have to go out there and make all, you know, other 10 guys on the field. Great. Or even all other 21 guys on the field. Great. He's just got to go out there and like, you hate to use a Patriots term, but do his job, go out there, have a 250 yard game, throw two touchdowns, no interceptions, and we'll win a football game. Like that's all he's got to do. Cause Jacobs will take care of the rest and the defense will take care of the rest, you know? Yeah. That's but, uh, exactly what we need. So, uh, okay. So you, so this, you, you mentioned you're going to see the, uh, the torch, uh, in, in real life here. So tell me about your season plans, man. What do you got planned for the, for the upcoming season? Well, man, season plans are just kind of like all over the place. Obviously, you know, we've That's talked true. a little bit. Um, I'm hoping we, you know, the home opener is going to be, Finally, I guess, our welcome party to Las Vegas. I was hoping that was going to be the draft. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So, 
the home opener against the Saints, um, obviously a lot of players on the team have a little uh, additional inspiration with events this week from the Saints quarterback. So that's going to be interesting to see how our defense comes out and plays. Um, Somebody's going to get a roughing the passer. I'm just saying. Somebody. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'd get that anyways. We'd get that anyways, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hey, and I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, be unabashed. Turn that corner and just blow him up. If you're going to get a flag anyways, you know, like, don't, you know, we don't want to kill the guy, but if you're going to hit him, hit him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If you're going to get a flag, at least make an impact. That's what, you know, the Raiders of the old days would do. Al Davis, man, and quarterback must go down and he must go down hard. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. But I'd say um, plans for the season. Stage door casino in Las Vegas, as of now, is pretty much going to be the go-to spot for me. Um, And I've talked to you a couple times. Um, about this whole thing. I want to do a couple live broadcasts in Vegas, whether it's the day before, whether it's the night after or um, of the game, as soon as the game's over, go there, do a show, do something um, and, you know, get together a few guys. I'm sure my guy, Kenny King is going to be down there with me just about every time I'm down there. Um, and if you make it down there to a game too, Murph, um, of course, you know, we plan on teaming up and doing a show together. I'll be there. And the home opener, buddy. I will be there. There we go. There I got, we go. I got my, uh, I got my hotel booked and my flights booked and I don't have any game tickets oh. yet, but I'll be in Vegas for sure. Oh, so, okay. So this is how it's going to work. You're just going to surprise me like this on air. Okay. <laughs> Last time we talked, you didn't know. So new plan. You will hear me and Murph on the airwaves and my guy yes. will be in there too. And it's going to be, it's going to be nuts, man. I'm sure, you know, at some point we'll have some other people mixing in, um, stage door casino. I'm going to be talking to him actually tomorrow night on my YouTube channel, John from stage door. They're just the ultimate Raider bar. I mean, just the absolute ultimate Raider bar. And it's going to be, I don't want to say like Ricky's cause they're not necessarily trying to do that, but they're just trying to bring their own, um, I don't know, kind of comfortable feel to Raider nation going to Vegas, because let's be honest as Raider fans, we're used to going to game days at the Coliseum, right? We're used to going to these things and, and tailgating, having a wild time, having no restrictions, right? Like there's no one there telling us to be quiet or, you know, don't yell. Like if I can't, you know, get off like a, like a, if I can't belch out at Raiders, like I'm going to lose my mind. Right, so right, you right. walk into like, uh, like uh, MGM or Circus Circus, or you're walking into the sands, like you're, you're not going to know what to do with yourself because it's going to be so just out of sorts. Like you're going to be, uh, I don't know, out of your comfort level, I guess a little bit. It's a little too, a little too high class for us Raider Nation fans. Uh-huh. So, Stage Door Casino, I think, is building that atmosphere uh, to be able to make that the before, the after um, kind of spot, day of. Day. I, I think they have parties that are being planned the night before, things like that. Um, and he's kind of just opened it up to me to where, hey, man, if you want to come down here and, and do a show anytime you want, go for it. So I'm like, why not You know, take advantage of a really cool spot that hopefully blows up and... Um, be ready for that. I don't, I don't even know what the vibe's going to be like in Allegiant. It's going to be nuts. I'm going to like lose my mind. Probably the first trip there, I'm not even going to be able to take it all in. That first time, you're just going to kind of just like not even understand where you're at or why you're oh, here. Yeah. Why it's so amazing and, and why everything's so perfect and immaculate. Why the why each and every bolt is still shiny and there's no thing of rust and there's not water dripping on my head. Like You're not going to know what... <laughs> really to do with yourself so it's going to take that second trip for us to get there i'm hoping to get to the tampa bay buccaneers primetime game because screw tom brady forever i don't really care what team he's on i hope to get to that game and beat the brakes off of tom and gronk and all those uh tampa bay buccaneers down there um and that's why i think we're all really finally be able to settle into our new stadium in las vegas so hopefully um by the end of the year it feels like home again and it's going to be it's going to be awesome it's going to be weird not uh, it's going to be weird peeing in a urinal 
and not in a big giant trough with three foot of weed smoke over your head. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting environment, man. Where you're like, it's the, everything's going to be so I'm with you. It's going to be like jarring almost because like, you know, for, for so many of us, like we went to the, like literally been going to the Coliseums our whole life. And I've told this story numerous times. I mean, my first trip to the Coliseum, I was in utero. My mom went to the world series in 72 and she was pregnant with me. Like, I mean, it was literally like my oldest of memories were, at the Oakland Coliseum. So it's yeah. so familiar um, to go now to that same team to be in that environment where it's like you said, like Jerry world and everything's glitzy and like, it's going to be jarring. It's going to be an adjustment period for sure. I'm glad I'm thankful for it. You know, of course, like we all yeah. wish it would have been somewhere in California, preferably in the Bay area, but if not there and it wasn't going to happen, then why not Vegas? So I think it's going to be awesome, man. And it's going to take a little bit of adjusting, but I, I I'm, I'm really encouraged also to hear about stage door. And I'm sure a lot of the Raider fans are too. Like that's going to be cool because that's really at our core. What are we? It's kind of gritty, right? It's like, it's a little wild. It's a little rambunctious. You know what I mean? So a place like that, that's still going to hold down that vibe. We're going to have a lot of fun. Like that's our wheelhouse, right? So to like kind of reconnect with that before we go marching into Allegiant, man, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be exactly. awesome. I'm Look not really sure uh, if I should be wearing like a, like a, like a button up shirt and a tie underneath my Jersey, like maybe let it like kind of pop through a little bit, just so I can feel like a little upper class for this new stadium. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. I know. Right. Oh man. Nah, it's, man. We're the old like stuff. Yeah. We're the old Raider hat. That's got sweat stains on it and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just go gritty. <laughs> just go gritty. Hey, well, Cody, I want to be sensitive of your time. I know you, you're uh, you took some time out of the middle of your work day and appreciate you joining me here. For sorry for our conversation. Um, I got one more set of questions to ask you about before we get to that though. Yeah. Raider nation support what this man does. You can find him on Twitter at Raider Cody, Raider Cody.com Raiders beat.com. And then also uh, his YouTube channel. I would say his new YouTube channel, um, but it's, it's uh, relatively new out of this, uh, all of his projects and that's at youtube.com slash Raider Cody. All right. So here's the last set of questions. We used to do the Mount Rushmore question. And then I decided to kind of go off with a new thing, right? So do you remember the, uh, the show inside the actor's studio? Did you ever see that show? I don't think so. Okay. No. So they would have like, act, you know, Steve Martin, Tom Hanks, whatever, all these like famous, you know, Denzel Washington, you name it, all the, the biggest actors and actresses on the planet. And they would go through this questionnaire and it was like this questionnaire of just kind of like almost like a personality uh, questionnaire based around their uh, their profession, which is acting. All right. Well, I modified it. So it's going to be a questionnaire based around your personality as a Raider fan. OK, you ready? It's, okay. it's, it's okay. like seven questions. OK, you ready? Do it. All yep. right. Raider Cody, what is your favorite Raiders phrase? Oh, just win, baby. It almost just slips off the tongue every time I think about it. It has to be. Yeah, just win, baby. All the other ones, I kind of have to force myself. (laughs) (laughs) What Raider play excites you? Ooh, ooh. Uh, Recent years? Any of them. um, Like a specific play? Yeah, like a a play. Could be one of the named ones. Could be just, could be Derek Carr hitting Crabtree in the front court of the end zone. Could be like, what, what play did you like just fully, like even now, like you get excited thinking about it? Man, I'm going to say, go a little off, but uh, the Terrell Pryor uh, was like the 92-yard run, whatever that was, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. That was one that was exciting because, for me, I was I had two players kind of like in that window that I really wanted to come up and play, and one was Terrell Pryor. I really wanted him to be the Raiders quarterback. I remember 
uh, being in the stands of the Coliseum, just cheering for him to get out there on the field. You know, boo- booing the starting quarterback, which was a, a popular thing for you know 10, 12 years. I'm um, getting the getting the next guy out there to see what he can do. Um, and I would say um, that Michael Crabtree Saints touchdown uh, or ex- two point conversion. You know, the the blackjack thing yeah. where we. Fell- we were back at home like that was that was exciting that was like uh the raiders are back statement game and uh, i'd say that was the play all right right on those are great ones all right uh what's the worst one Ooh, ooh. <sighs> um I, i'll give you a, a basket of plays to pick out of just choose <laughs> a uh a kansas city offense out there on third and 14 and there's probably like a good handful of plays that oh. every single one of them make me want to throw up in my mouth right now. That that's I, the last you know three years you've witnessed it. <sighs> every time we stop that offense and we get him in a in a in a do or die third and twelve, third and fifteen, freaking make a play. I, I'd say yeah, I think that's it. You know because yeah, that's, that's or, or even it. worse when there's a flag on it, like or can they convert flag. on a freaking you know on a pi I mean, or something? You know, you're right. You know, probably my my. Okay, if I did one specific play, it'd be last year, Alec Ingles' touchdown against the Denver Broncos. Oh, that yeah. Yeah, that's recent. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah, that one sucked. Uh, all right, who is the, uh, <laughs> who's the greatest Raiders player? Of all time or right now? All time. Ooh. Raiders? Okay. Um, I'd say, ooh, I got to go Tim Brown. Um, nice. For me, I think... Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tim Brown as the greatest Raider uh, of, of all time. I, Charles Woodson's my favorite player of all time, um, but of course he dedicated you know the the good part of his career to the Green Bay Packers. Not necessarily his fault. He chose to you know, come back and be a Raider, so I'll, I'll put him right there with him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going Tim Brown. I I love that because I can see your Tim Brown jersey on full yeah. display behind you, <laughs> and then Woodson's just a little yeah. piece underneath there. Cause there's seven years of his career that was in green and yellow. So I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got the Tim Brown, uh, Charles Woodson. I have Howie long back there and uh shout out to the young, young buck to get thrown up here with the greats. But I have uh Josh Jacobs up there as nice. well. So nice to dig it, man. Dig it. All right. <laughs> who's the Raiders worst player, Cody. Ooh, Antonio. No, <laughs> he wasn't a Raider. He wasn't a Raider. Raider. Yeah. He wasn't a Raider. I'm going to say worst. I feel bad because I don't want to call it like, you know, a crappy player. I, I, I'm going to say, I mean, it's pretty much a toss up between Randy Moss and Warren Sapp. I mean, it's hard because they, I'd say Randy Moss. Cause I mean, Warren Sapp at times, you know, like showed flashes. It was just like a very, just bitter. I felt like relationship. So it just didn't work out. Um, kind of the same with Randy, but Randy just never produced. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go probably Randy Moss, worst Raider of all time, just cause he doesn't want to be one too. That's it right there. And it's not about like calling somebody out that's trying to be their best and just didn't find success. But these guys are those two in particular you named and, and a lot of others, they didn't even want to be there. Like they didn't even <laughs> want to be there. So they gave zero effort to the team. And so absolutely. I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, okay. I got two more for you. All right. Okay. What Raider profession, anything that has to do either within the organization could be a media job around the organization what raider profession would you love to have um oh i mean definitely that probably take over the podcast right 
<laughs> Eddie Pascal, pack your bags. Yeah, here, Eddie. <laughs> God, I chose your job. There you go. <laughs> Cody's coming for you, Eddie. All right. All right. Last one. So, Cody, you died, right? You lived your whole life as a Raider fan. You had a long, long life. You're 99 years old. You pass okay. on, you pass through the pearly gates, you go past St. Peter, and who's standing on the other side? The Maverick himself. What okay. do you want Al Davis to say to you? What I want him to say to me what is... What would you like to hear? Hope, I mean, man, there's a lot to that because I'd love him to say, you know, something along the lines like, you know, thanks for being a part of Raider Nation or thanks, you know, thanks for being a Raider. Thanks for, you know, something like that. Um, welcome, brother. You know, something, you know, that's what, you know, just like something, just what you do at a tailgate. That's how I picture like an Al Davis conversation. Um, but I, if I had to bump into him, I think I would just ask him something along the lines of, why did you do things the way you did? Why did you go along and not care what anyone thought, right? Because he, he didn't, and he went against social injustices. He went he went against um, everything. I mean, he he battled the NFL. Um, he battled everybody. And I would just want to know because he just did it, and we never got an explanation of why. He always just did things. He didn't care who he pissed off. He just ran the organization. And he did he did a lot of great things. A lot of people get mad with with the tail end of his of his uh, ownership. Um, just because it was getting to that point, but, and that's, unfortunately, that's all, you know, really the only years that I saw out of Al Davis, but I've done a lot of research into him and there's just so many things. And I just saw the way he carried himself at press conferences. And I would just want to know like, what makes him tick? What makes him tick? And it's just, it kind of goes down to like, that's how you, you try and dig into football players that way. And this is a guy that if you think of the greatest Raider of all time, if he's not a player, it's Al Davis. And I would just want to know why he did those things. And, and, if it even did anything for him or if it's just one of those things, like it just felt right. And he just did it because, um, at the end of the day, that's all of us just as human beings, that's what we strive to do. And we want to do what's right and we want to leave an impact. And if it pisses some people off, maybe they are the right people to piss off in the first place. And I felt like he accomplished that. So, um, yeah, I want him to say good job. And then I want to ask him, why, <laughs> Hey man, why are you, why are you a dick sometimes? Or why does it pay off so much? <laughs> Love it, man. Great answer, Cody. Great answer. Yeah, I just picture Al with that, with like, you know, with like his rings on, yeah. like doing that fist, you know, that point and that fist, you know, that you would see him do from the sidelines. Like I could just yeah. picture that, man. So yeah, right on, man. That's that's great, Cody. Good stuff. Well, hey, uh, anything you want to leave Raider Nation with before we before we let you get back to your day here? Man, I want to leave Raider Nation with how passionate this is. I want to say like, thank you, but I want to say like how proud I am to be a part of this fan base that even through these trying times that we, you know, I mean, of course it's hard to even talk about all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, because it's just, it's just crazy. It's something that we couldn't imagine happening in 2020, but I will say that through all of this, we're super passionate and we're still digging and we're still invested. And it's amazing how well I feel like, you know, we're kind of coming together throughout this whole thing. And it seems like, although we fight with each other about what's going on with the players, um, although I'd say, I don't know, maybe half of you don't agree with me on the the popular opinions of, of Derek Carr, whatever that is, whatever I share. Um, if it came down to another fan base or somebody else coming after us during this time or, or anything in the real world, 
we all have each other's backs and, and it's, it shows during these times. It really shows. Um, and it's amazing. And it, it's just, that's why I have this, I, I dedicated one spot on my wall to just have this Raider nation flag. And I like to sit here and I like to talk into it because, um, it just represents us like perfect. I mean, we are literally a nation and definitely I feel like, although we're split over opinions, we're, <laughs> we're pretty together on a lot of things and, and we run pretty smooth and, and we're probably, you know, obviously the most famous fans in the world, the most reputable. So, um, I'm going to leave Raider nation with, uh, thank you for being awesome and inspiring me to be a better fan. Right on, man. He is Raider Cody. We appreciate your time today. Check him out on the Raider Cody podcast. Man, appreciate your friendship. Appreciate you joining me here in Merce Fan Cave. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, we'll see you at the, see you at the home opener. All right, brother. <laughs>